Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> hey, old friend! Hey, uh, well, buddy! Welcome in, listeners. It's uh, it's been a while. It's uh, it's been a while. Yeah, welcome back to Quick Snaps, uh, comedy football talk. Mostly, mostly talk. We got <laughs> we got no comedy or football. <laughs> yeah, what would be happening right now under a, a regular NFL schedule? Would they have gone to some kind of mini camp or something at this point? That's a good question. I, funny enough, I don't know the answer to that. I find the the summertime stuff to be sort of under the radar, and then you have these stories that break here and there that are kind of big and relevant and trades and injuries, arrests, you know. But the schedule of the of the the mini camps and the returns and the practices, it's always been a blur to me. It doesn't stand out as, like some of the other you know, year-long signposts do. That one's kind of a mush to me. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, the big one for me in the summer is the Hall of Fame game, which was canceled. Oh, it was? Uh, yeah, they're not doing it. The, it's the first preseason game, and it's in Canton, and they do the Hall of Fame inductions, and apparently they're going to kick all those inductions into next year, and they canceled the game. Interesting. Um, meanwhile, Adam Schefter has you know he he knows more than anybody he says that we're having a season so um he had an insider tell him that they've been doing this unbelievable development and organization of the testing and the plan and the scheme and so who knows maybe we'll have football after all if i know america like i know i think i know america they are prioritizing (laughs) the nfl I would give up a personal test for uh, Cam Newton to take one. Oh, would you? <laughs> I don't. I don't think testing for a regular guy who's hiding at home is that important right this minute. But uh, well, I think yeah, you, I, th- I think you're in the minority, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. You're. You, I. I don't think I would really give that up, but I do understand that. Uh, you know, like you said, we we want football so badly. I, th- I think if there was some story that broke that the NFL was getting tests that could be used somewhere, I don't think people would really care. Yeah, I mean, it already kind of happened with the NBA. So <laughs> right. if that's gonna fly, the NFL's definitely gonna fly. <laughs> oh man, I miss it. I don't know if it's a good idea. I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, but. I sure would love to watch some football. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. What's your guess as we sit here today at the very tail end of June? What uh, What's going to happen? Uh, no season. Yeah. I've been guessing that the whole time. And now I'm starting to think maybe they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, they might. Um, and they also might have to shut it down. That's what I think. I think they'll be – it doesn't even have to be in football. Some – volleyball college volleyball team or some you know some baseball team or some basketball team some something some soccer team in europe there'll be like 17 dudes who come down with it one horrific story and then they'll get scared yeah again the nba is going to be a big test like because they're supposed to try to reopen uh towards the end of july i think so we'll see what happens there now they're all hiding in Orlando. They're in the bubble. They're gonna concept. be in a bubble, yeah. <laughs> Potentially this for is... three months. How do you do a? It's the whole. I mean, you can't even. It's too many humans. You could do a bubble of four. 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, I'd love to see basketball, but uh, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, right. That's where I am. You said it exactly. That's exactly where I am. I'd love to see football, but I don't know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. What reason do we have to believe that this is gonna get any better in the short term? I don't None. see many evidence. Much evidence of that. No, no, it's going the other way. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And now the young people are a bigger factor than we thought they were going to be, too, with the COVID. People can't help themselves, man. They got to get out. It's the summer. It's funny. I I would love to get out, but I don't. I also don't care that much. I guess I'm an old man, though. I don't, You know, if I was 22, I'd probably have a different opinion about it. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. All right, well... We do have some news. We yep. got some. We got some new news this week. Uh, Cam Newton's going to be a Patriot. I'm. Uh, I recycled the old joke. Cam Newton on the move. Imagine all the hat boxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm kind of mad at the rest of the NFL for letting that happen. Like, what are you doing? No one signed Cam Newton. Yeah, the Patriots right. finally screwed themselves by not making a move in the quarterback universe, and then you just handed them. A former uh, league MVP. It's not, you know. Uh, That's one of the biggest stories of this potential season. For sure. And and a couple articles today were interesting to me. They were about Cam Newton. Not only is he uh, very high on the list of comeback players of the year on Vegas gambling, he's high on the overall player of the year. He's like he's ranked like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there of wow. all the players in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now there might be some short-term inflation because of the buzz, but you know, it, this, this is the list with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and like there's like eight or nine dudes ahead of him, but he's on that list, and he's ahead of Matt Ryan. <laughs> what? And yeah, Matt yeah, Ryan's the best. The- he's the best quarterback in the NFC. <laughs> he did call himself the best quarterback in the division this, this oh, week. Oh, just the last division, week. not the whole conference. Got the it. division. Well, I mean, it's the division with the best quarterbacks. <laughs> it's It's got Tom Brady and Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston. I mean. uh, not to mention, uh, what's his name? The other quarterback for the Saints. <laughs> what's that? I forget his name. Taysom Hill? <laughs> Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's in that division. Better put some He's calling him out. On name. <laughs> Taysom none. Hill. I have none. No respect. He's a he's the distant third best quarterback on his team now. Go go gadget. <laughs> I actually I actually think Matt's right. I think this is the first year it's true. Well, that's because just because you've been uh, nut-hugging Drew Brees for so long. Because I think Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He is, but not I th- anymore. I think that's right. I think this is the first year that Matt Ryan is the better quarterback. And I think he's better this year than Tom Brady as well. So, I think he's right. Yeah, he's What not, do you think of that? He, I think he's right, too. Yeah, Brady's at the end. Brees is at the end. Ryan's still in his prime. Yeah, he might be past the high point, but he's in the prime for sure. Um, who did the Panthers? Yeah, I agree. Who are the Panthers rocking with Kyle Allen in this next season, or did they sign somebody? I blanked. I forget. No, they signed somebody. It's it's Bridgewater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Teddy Bridgewater. I guess they'll battle yeah. it out. Yeah, I, th- I mean, those that's some good quarterbacks in that division, man. That's crazy. Uh, but soon, not so many good ones. Those two, those two good guys are awful old. They could fall off a cliff very quickly. Yeah, that's right. Both of them. And this could be the last year for both of them either way. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that's... and Matty Ice is, is, he likes black people more. He has been, <laughs> he, has been he has been super cool about this recent movement. In fact, he's doing a big radiothon today on Atlanta radio promoting and uh, making money for the cause. He donated a half mil to uh, a Black Lives Matter funding thing. 
He's been very outspoken. He's, uh, I'm proud of that quarterback. He's good. Now, when you say he likes black people more, do you mean that he likes <laughs> black people? No, seriously. <laughs> Serious question. This Serious is our question. last podcast ever. <laughs> Couched in a ridiculous way. When you say he loves black people more, do you mean that he loves black people more than he used to, or he loves black people more than Tom Brady and Drew Brees does? It's a little bit of a sidekick at Drew Brees and Tom Brady, who have at least been quiet and then breeze also had a very clumsy ridiculous comment that he had to clean up and now i think it's possible for the listener who hasn't followed this you probably have but drew breeze gave his about a month ago gave his standard uh answer to a question about kneeling during the anthem i think it's disrespectful and my grandfather and the war and blah 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 and it just happened to land at the most it just sounded so ridiculously tone deaf at the time yeah uh and his players trashed him on twitter uh michael thomas uh, and uh malcolm yeah Alvin name? Kamara, a uh, couple other players, and apparently... Malcolm Jenkins, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. And apparently the whole world turned upside down. And, again, we I don't know what's in his heart, uh, but he he could give some apology lessons to Louis C.K., that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he and his wife both, like, took full responsibility and like talked about being in tears and talking to people about it and realizing the error of their ways and i mean again it i don't know the guy it might, they might be full of shit but it sounds true to me yeah i mean you got to i guess you got to give them the benefit of the doubt that there's an opportunity to grow and listen and learn uh and have a genuine change of heart slash apology so i guess you give them that Right? I think so. I think so. Because if you were, you know, I mean, I'm joking about Louie because I'm still mad at him for not doing it. But I, 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 it felt like the perfect apology. And the wife actually went on Instagram and wrote this whole long thing about, uh, you know, she's crying while she's writing this. And she realizes that she, you know, they have been part of the problem and they've had some really big conversations with some of the, uh, people around them and they've changed their minds and they're so apologetic and they're going to strive to be better. And it's really interesting. I was, I was kind of, I was kind of moved by that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, to me, those kind of things are a sign that in the last month, I feel like we're moving the needle on this, uh, social justice movement. You know, I feel like there actually is some conversation and some change in attitudes. Yeah. Am, yeah. am I being too optimistic or do you think that's true? No, I don't think so. I, I think that's, I guess, one, it's it's weird to call it a positive because it's like, how do, how do you measure that and whatever? But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think so. At least people are, some people are open to ideas that maybe they weren't always open to and exploring within themselves and within others what's going on in their heads and unconscious biases and things like that right and systemic problems as well so i I feel like that's a conversation that's definitely being had right more than ever in my lifetime right and I've been talking about it with people on Facebook. I've been doing this thing, 50 Toasts, on uh, my Facebook fan page. Uh, if, I didn't plan to plug that today. But if, you, if you're interested, I, it's, it sort of happened a little bit organically. Like, I ended up talking to Brian, our boy Brian Miller, longtime friend and contributor to Quick Snaps. Um, he's probably number three on the Quick Snaps totem pole. Uh, <laughs> 
You heard me, Glenn Grizzard. Yeah, I was going to say, that, <laughs> you just heard him deep in his soul. He's going to dive into some kudzu and never look back, bro. He's coming up from Key West just to dive into the old kudzu and call it a day, bro. To fucking skip him on the totem pole and the hierarchy, that fucking cuts him deep. Cuts him so deep, I know it does. I just... I and just blurted it out. If it was from me, I didn't have. He, I didn't have time. No. I didn't have time to think about it. I'm not sure I'm going to stand behind that. All right. Well, listen. No. We're going to have to have open and honest conversations about how you feel about Glenn Grizzard and his place <laughs> in Quick Snaps, man. It's time to have that conversation because you might save a friend today. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> but I, we I, love you, Glenn. I digress. You're easily top four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, funny very funny so so totally i i basically you know i did this thing called 50 lunches i did it in new york about three years ago where I, it was just an excuse to like try to meet with 50 friends over the course of a year and get out of the house and reconnect with some of the smartest funniest most interesting people that i know that i never see and so when i came to la i did a version of it last year and then we, uh, I wanted to do a cyber version of it. And Glenn Grizzard said to me, he was my first one, uh, yeah, but eating on camera sucks. He's right. Uh, he's right. So we made it 50 toasts. We do one quick toast and have a drink, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a one-on-one thing. So I've been doing it on Facebook Live. And about a month ago, a little month and a half ago, when everything went down in Minneapolis, I ended up talking to Brian Miller. Yeah. who um. owns a home in Minneapolis pretty close to downtown. <laughs> yeah. I got to go had back and cops, watch that. Had cops in riot gear and, you know, some people in the neighborhood found accelerants hidden in bushes around. Yeah. I was following them pretty closely on, on Twitter when it was all happening, and I was very concerned and fascinated at the same time. Yeah, so we ended up having a, a big conversation, you know, from his front row seat about what was going on. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end, we sort of were asking each other, what do we do now and what's next? <clears throat> and then my mom, who's my biggest fan, uh, maybe she's number three on the quick snap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mom and I were talking about it, and she goes, we're two white guys talking about social justice. you got to find someone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. So... So I moved Al Jackson up my list of, I actually had him, uh, you know, in my head that I wanted to talk to you anyway. So the the next week I talked to Al Jackson, who was great, really thoughtful and easy to talk to and really smart and and open-hearted. Like we had a really good talk. And then the next week I talked to Todd McComas, who is a longtime friend of mine and comic and former cop. He spent spent over 20 years as a detective. So it was cool to hear his side of the desk and then last week was ted lied who's another uh friend of mine who doesn't look like me lives here in la that was a good conversation and next week ted alexandro uh this week coming up uh so that'll be thursday night 9 p.m eastern on facebook live and you can just go to my fan page and kind of scroll up if you're a little bit patient you can scroll up and watch all of these um and if I get my shit together, I'll post some on YouTube as well. I plan on catching up. So anyway, I didn't. I didn't mean to get into all that, but I, in 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 having those hold on, conversations, hold on. Are you dumping some concrete. <laughs> What's happening? I'm outside. These are the sounds of L.A. I'm surprised we haven't had a police helicopter yet. Oh man, do you remember the one season where we couldn't get a recording without the landscapers? Yes. Yeah. Monday <laughs> afternoons. That, that was, was a bad run. Awful. <laughs> I think it's a garbage truck. That's one of my favorite things about the pandemic is when my when the two-year-old hears a garbage truck, the amount of enthusiasm that shoots through her body. She just cannot wait to run outside and see the garbage truck. Yeah, she's probably got no other patterns in her life. So she's like, <laughs> she's just like, it's uh, four o'clock on Friday. This is garbage time. All right. <laughs> Nothing else to look forward to, the poor kid. <laughs> Just like me. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. You were saying before the no, before you no, buried I, that body. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I in having these conversations, again, it's a little bit of a clumsy parallel, but I do feel like 
the Me Too movement moved the needle. I feel like it helped men to hear the female experience because the gap is so wide in our experiences around sexuality. And, and I think men listened more than they ever have. And we got a long way to go, but I think it moved the needle. I think there's a lot more understanding and a lot more awareness of not being a jackass when it comes to dealing with women than there used to be. Yeah. And I, and I feel like this last month we're having a similar needle moving about race and about the experience that's happening to the non-white folks in the world, especially when dealing with cops and I, I, I feel like it's, it's, again, a long way to go, but I feel like the needle has moved, finally. I'm not going to bite my tongue on this one. I think Donald Trump deserves a, a little bit of credit for that, because on a basic human level, he's a piece of shit. And yeah. one of, uh, two of the, the biggest ways that he's a piece of shit is that he doesn't respect women, possibly raped a lot of them. And right. uh, doesn't respect minorities. So um, here it is. This is as ugly as America can get right now. And it might only get worse, but at least we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're not wrong about that. But you think, cult separate from the president, you don't think culturally we're moving in the right direction on this subject? Yeah, but I, I think it's it's been... Yeah, of course, but I think it's been accelerated by just how ugly he is and his enablers are and it's just it just reached a boiling point where uh to just sit back and let it happen would be suicide yeah yeah he's really he's really awful yeah <laughs> so. i mean all these all these little dog whistles to the you know super right awful you know segment of his base it's really i don't know how he sleeps at night <laughs> in a robe <laughs> with a few, yeah, few holes a in bed. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> in prostitute pee <laughs> sometimes lady g comes over and gives him a little hookup <laughs> So I don't know. I I you're not wrong. I'm sorry for taking it there. <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong. I to I totally agree. And I think one of the many problems in our current American, you know, life is that we're we're not getting the same information. The news is so splintered mm -hmm. that if you only watch your news, it's like you don't know that there's other news. Yeah. It is a big problem. And so there's a segment of the universe that doesn't realize what a monster Donald Trump is because they're not, that's not being reported to them. Um, certainly not in that light. Right. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I, I do feel like a big swath of the rest of the culture is finally listening a little bit to the conversation that, I mean, I mean, simple things like to, to use the parallel and also the it's funny, it's a, a, an unnamed friend of mine said something funny about the movement with the the female comedians right now are all kind of yeah. saying their piece about mm -hmm. the sexism in the industry. He goes, he goes at a time that with the coronavirus and Black Lives Matter, how did white women make it about them again? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is not fair and wrong, but also hilarious. Yeah. It's a, it's uh, a, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think we're listening to those points of view and we're being open and real about those. And I think that's useful. And I think it's happening with the, you know, some comics that some black comics that I know have been saying, you know, one in particular in New York had this whole Instagram post that really moved me. He, he said. I had he laid out these several experiences that he had with cops when he was young and he ended up going home and crying and swallowing it and and he went on to say like you know this whole this whole story that you know people say it lit the fuse no this thing has been going on for years and it just is exploding now because of all the pent-up tension from from forever and he said look I have 30 or 40 or 50 of these stories 
And that really touched me because I don't have any of those stories. And none of my friends have stories like that, you know? None of my close friends that I hang out with on a daily basis, they're all white guys, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that realization that we're having a different experience is similar to the Me Too movement. Um, so I, I hope, and maybe I'm wrong, but I hope that it moves the needle. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I saw you somewhere. Did you go to a protest or an outing of some kind? There's saw some picture since I talked to you last. Yeah. Were you out doing something? We went to a couple. Yeah. There's, uh, That's cool, man. There was one in Asbury Park and one in Tobbs River, New Jersey. Interesting uh, experiences for sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Asbury Park was much bigger. There was probably, I mean, I don't know. We'll say a thousand people. I don't know. I don't know what the number was, but it was, it felt like a thousand or whatever that feels like. Uh, and it, you know, there was, it was well organized. There were people that were speaking at the post office and then I think they marched for like. What felt like five miles. <laughs> but it was it was a pretty decent amount of time, and you know it was just, it was a there was an energy there for sure that was undeniable, and uh, it felt good to to be there and to experience it and to just you know feel what people are feeling and try to help in the, even that that little that little way, but. Right. Uh, yeah, cool, so, so, I mean, that was good. I guess it did get a little ugly after uh, we left. I guess there was uh, a little bit of uh, cop and protester clashing. Uh, then I went to the one in Tom's River, which was so freaking interesting. Uh, this is my backyard, basically. And I didn't even, I knew nothing about it. One of my friends texted me and was like, Yo, watch out. Heard Antifa's coming to Tom's River tomorrow. I was like, what <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like... There's a sentence no one's ever said. And he was like, <clears throat> no, like, for real. Like, these people are going nuts. And he showed me this Facebook post. And I guess it was on the Tom's River uh, Police Facebook page. And they were like, oh, yeah, we heard that blah, blah, blah. We There's going to be a march and whatever. And... Oh my God! The comment section—just people losing their goddamn minds. Businesses boarded up the day before. People really thought yeah. there were going to be riots here. Well, it's scary, man. You watch the news, and you're like, "If that happens here, I don't know." I I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. But it was like, why? Why? It was, and then you find out. And this is what you're talking about with information that this rumor was started by some white nationalist website. Yeah. Pretending to be Antifa. Right. And right. saying, you know, we're going to come to all your white neighborhoods and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this march was organized by a young lady. I don't know how old she was, but you know, there was... I, I was late for the march, but I went to the protest after that, and it was it was like, you know, a hundred people, and it was like it was a different energy than Asbury Park, because it almost felt like because they were very disorganized, the protest in uh, in Tom's River, very disorganized. I gotta tell you, dude, this was so fucking tragically funny. This. <laughs> This wannabe preacher comes out to where the where the people are protesting, which is on the side of a highway. Um, and this guy is Italian, and he puts up like a this mobile PA system and just starts like talking. <laughs> and he starts talking about how Italians were once discriminated against, and that. 42% of uh, Italians identify as black and 40% identify as white and then he starts talking about how uh, what? the coronavirus <laughs> is keeping the churches closed and they got to open them back up and I was, I've, 
I've seen a lot of comics bomb. I've seen a lot of bad speeches. But I'm not sure if I saw someone miss the mark as badly as this dude did at this protest. <clears throat> I, everybody was just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, should we, we're not even coming here for this. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, nah, man, I don't know. We went to those, and that was like... What I, what I was getting at is that, like, just to show up to that Tom's River protest, because I, you know, there these there was mostly kids, and I got to give them a a lot of credit just for showing up because there's so much fear leading up to the thing that just showing up was kind of radical. You know what I mean? Because you get a lot of threats the other way, of like, right. yeah, try to bring that shit. And, you know, all of a sudden everybody that protests is Antifa now, so. They got targets on their back. Right. You know what I mean? Just by the very nature <clears throat> of the fear uh, people are spreading out there. So I, get, I give them a little bit of credit for that. Uh, but it's just I feel more responsibility for things that happen, you know, in Tom's River or that, or that greater area because this is where I grew up. This is where I chose to live now. So, right. you know, I f- I'm still, like, struggling on what I can do around this area because it's just like I don't know it's a different energy and I think it's just because it's mostly white people yeah right <clears throat> right so yeah I, that's the struggle I mean I've been <clears throat> I've been trying to figure out what the answer is to what's the more th- what more can I do and I, I feel like the key to the whole thing, and I might be overstating this, is to have open conversations with people about it. And then it's there's a big list of all the other 37 things, you know. It's it, call your congressman and, you know, post on Facebook and talk to your friends. And, you know, I bought a Black Lives Matter t-shirt that I wear on my bike now sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to do all the little things. Um... I'm trying to shut up and listen, too. I mean, it seems like some of the angriest voices are saying that they're not being heard and they're asking that their white allies listen more instead of talk. So I've been trying to do that as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of one of I I think one of my favorite things that Al Jackson said was. He had this great example of, you know, he goes, a lot of my white friends say, you know, they're doing the right things. They're good dudes. And then when they go home for Thanksgiving, they got a crazy uncle who, you know, drinks a half a bottle of something. And then the N word starts flying. They don't know what to do with that. And he sort of, he's, he sort of holds their feet to the fire. He goes, you use your presence. I'm saying this badly. He said in a much better way, but use your presence for good. Like, you know, you can say to him, you're not going to say that around me. I can, I can leave or you can change, you know, the way you speak around me. Those are the choices. I'm not going to be here for this. And you can slowly move the ball by making those decisions and, and having your presence in the space. Uh, and I love that. I think that's a simple concept, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a very difficult thing to do sometimes. I mean, oh, I, of course. I str- I'm not saying it's easy to do. I'm saying it's a simple idea. No, yeah, I right. mean, I'm currently struggling with that exact scenario right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's tricky, man. I mean, I've got, you know, my grandfather's long gone, but my American grandfather, he would send me... He, he did it in a more of a, like a Barry Goldwater Republican sort of way. He would send me clippings of things from the Wall Street Journal, usually. <laughs> he would try to move, he would try to speak to me that way. Wait, uh, wait, wait. It was, he was sending his grandson propaganda? Yeah, yeah. But it's fine because I, you know, he was thoughtful about it. But he did have a few things here and there that were, you know, a little over the line and... I've definitely got some other characters that I know in my world that are sometimes uh, inappropriate and things they say. So I like that as a note, you know. The problem is most racism doesn't happen in an overt way like that. Yeah. It's not something that you can you can run over and stop at an intersection. <laughs> it's, it's mostly pervasive and quiet and ever-present, you know. It's not... 
if I think about the times in my life that I, you know, can go back and go, ah, I should have been more, there's only, I mean, maybe several ever. It's, it's usually not very overt. That's the problem with racism, I think. One of the problems. Yeah. Um, and, but yes, you can certainly have your presence, you know, move the ball a little bit by, you know, someone starts a, a racist joke after a show at the CD table. You know, you can shut that down and say the right thing about it. There's those kind of moments that happen for sure. Um, I don't know. I liked, uh, Brian Miller had a cool idea. He said, <clears throat> whatever your thing is, open yourself up to the other versions of that thing. Like if you love stand-up, watch more black stand-up. If you love music, listen to more black music. You know, if you love movies, watch some movies from a black point of view. You know, and that applies to things that aren't black too. You know, open yourself up to other things and whatever your passion is, which I think was a cool it sounds like it sounds like a simple thing, but it, I mean that really is all the difference in a lot of these things is just exposure, and it it's like <clears throat> what I find uh, very confounding is that um, I guess this in itself is going to sound a little bit racist, but hear me out. <laughs> Just, uh, Our last podcast ever. I know it is canceled. We are canceled. So edgy, so edgy. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, just as ex- using the ex- uh, example of of hip hop, right? Yeah. Most people would say black culture. Um. I I don't understand white people who can love hip-hop like love it love it love it and are still racist because like how can you listen to these lyrics and things that like are you just in it for the beats is it the old chris rock bit you know where you don't really hear the lyrics you're just in it for the beat I, i mean i don't know but like just that in general like what brian's talking about is just like take take out whatever i just said because that was nonsense and uh, clumsily spoken, but the idea is that if you just if you listen to people's stories, even if it is in the form of entertainment, whether it's plays, movies, music, painting, whatever, like whatever way that people are expressing themselves, and if they look different than you, then maybe you'll start to understand their existence and have a little bit more empathy. Yeah, I think that's great. You made up for your clumsiness. Thank that was you. beautiful. Thank set. you. Thank you. Yeah, nice. Now we don't have to edit the first part. <laughs> that's what I was aiming for. You know, it's a lot easier to talk my way out of this than edit it. <laughs> and you're a good editor. That's it's a, a high bar. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's well said. I, I mean, I, th- I think about my own feelings and understandings about things. A lot of it comes from, you know, watching. Spike Lee movies and, you know, like listening to Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy when I was a kid. A lot of my, I didn't have a lot of black exposure when I was a little guy. You know, those, those things were, those were important pieces to the puzzle. You know, and when I talked to Ted Lyde, it's funny. He was one of the first headliners I ever worked with. And we lived in a condo together for like six days you know, at the very beginning of my stand-up career. And he taught me some black stuff I didn't know because I wasn't around black people a lot, you know. He he taught me about, I, he had this crazy cream he would put on his face to minimize the shaving bumps and, and all, the, <laughs> he, all this stuff. He taught me how to play spades. And, spades you know, is cool a great to, game. I'm not, like, spades. I, I kind of hate that uh, it, it, that, one's, that one's seen as a black game because I, I grew up playing it. And I love it. Did you? That's interesting. I is it? Am I? It's been a while since I played it. It's a. It's like. Is it fair to say it's black hearts? Is it like hearts? See, I don't really know hearts that well. Um. See, I I, I faded. I, I lost my connection to spades. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, I I think that's great advice. Uh. uh I watched 
Krista and I went on a little jag of watching a bunch of black stand-ups in the last few weeks to kind of kind of take in Brian's advice, and it was great. The Michael Che uh, special on Netflix is the most underrated comedy special of the last decade. Wow. It's fucking great. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's discuss that. It's from 2016. He's got a Black Lives Matter chunk in there that is like beautifully written. And there's several other beats about the black experience that are really cool to to hear him talk about. He's really good. In fact, I think it's better than the than the new Chris Rock special. I just it's rewatched certainly... the Chris Rock special uh like two days ago. And for some reason I didn't like it as much as the first time I watched it. I had the opposite. I was really disappointed the first time when I watched it again. I was like, "All right, all right, well, it's good." Yeah. I guess if you're going back after this, and yeah, I don't know for some reason, it did, didn't hit the same way for me. It's not as funny as most yeah. of his stuff. Yeah, it's definitely not as polished and good at being funny. Uh, but it is. It does reveal a lot about the black experience. It actually, if you're looking it does. For that. Yeah, it does. It's definitely got that. But I, I would say that. Uh, this is a really clumsy parallel. We'll have a competition. Um, if the new Chris Rock special is uh, Lenny Bruce, then the Michael Che special is George Carlin. It's a lot of the same subjects, but it's so much funnier. Uh huh. It's it's really well done. Okay, I gotta give it a listen or uh, a watch. I, I haven't. Been... It's on. It's on Netflix. It's easy to play it while you're doing something else in the yep. background. It's it's really good. I'll give it a go. I didn't even really know of him as a comic. For me, he came out of nowhere, Michael Che. What I had heard, I didn't really love. That's why I didn't really watch his, his special. So, But, you know, I'm willing to go back again. Well, I skipped that. I'd like to go back and see some stuff that's not very good. See how he, see how far he came. <laughs> there like, you, well, there you go. That's fun. That's a nice little journey. If you watch, if you watch the early Chris Rock stuff with the flat top, when he, <laughs> that, <laughs> some of those, some of those jokes are like, really? That's the joke you're doing? Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking the second time watching this newest one, the tambourine. I was like, at that joke out of anyone else's mouth is hacky as shit. <laughs> there was a couple of those where I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah." And I hate saying yeah. it because he's like one of my comedy heroes, but I was, I was just like, "I don't know, I don't know." Was, I know anybody could have made that you. joke. <laughs> a handful of my favorite comics in the world have done specials recently that are big drop-offs. I don't want to trash anybody, but sure. you know, the a couple of the a handful of the giants of our industry, you know, they their recent special is a drop off from the prior stuff. You know, I think it's because there's so much pressure to keep churning them out. Yeah, these guys they don't have time to really bake them and get them up to a level the way they should. You know, that's a that's the that's the American. Uh, expectation you know outside of america in the english-speaking world there's a much stronger ethic to have a new hour every year or so you know those guys go and they go back to the same comedy festivals in melbourne and you know edinburgh and all the different places and they're expected to have a new hour can we talk about the comedy industry for a second Sure, but they're just to finish the sentence, yeah, just so people sorry. know. But but in those places, there's a very strong ethic to turn material over. But there's a much softer expectation about the material being a plus. They don't. If you did those, the, arguably those shows, if done in front of an American audience, the American audience would be like, "Yeah, it's, just, it's not very good." <laughs> Yeah, it's a different expectation. I'm exaggerating a little bit to make the point. I but, understand. Yeah, uh, I think a big, they're not polished as as well. Yeah, yeah. You just got to get something out there to like get something on the record. Right. Well, they're way more prolific because yeah. the expectation is that you come back to the same city the next year for the yeah. same festival and you're doing a different show. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. You know, it's a, I'm not taking anything away from guys that do that. It's astounding. That, I mean, uh, it's good, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, go ahead. Well, Talk to me about the comedy industry. Well, I mean, it's on the <laughs> it's on the same line of that, but it's it's a, uh, I think a big problem for what you're saying is people putting stuff out that's you know maybe not that polished or whatever is that there's so much pressure on uh the same 50 comics to put something out every year because that's all that's being pushed the same 50 comics keep getting every opportunity to do this new television show or this new whatever's coming out it's the same 50 comics and they right. keep getting every opportunity so if it's the same 50 comics they're going to be saying pretty much the same shit and they're not going to be pushed in any kind of uh, direction or motivated or anything if they continue to get these opportunities that other people are more deserving of that would be forcing this other comic to work harder on their stuff. So everybody, I think everybody suffers when that's the case. And I think that the people that are in charge of making these decisions, the agents, managers, whoever it may be, are just comfortable with whoever makes them money. And that's who, sure. who they're going to keep pushing. So there's not a lot of room for growth for people that are at a certain level that are looking to go to the next level. You know right. what I mean? And there's not, enough, right. there's not enough of that. And I don't know, like, is it, is it just money? Is that the, the bottom line? Or is it, what, it, what is it? Yeah, I think you make a good point about the same 50 comics. And to the comedy industry, I have a question for you. Aren't you embarrassed? Exactly. <laughs> why, why would you do that? <laughs> I hope the listener gets that because that's really funny. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> a friend, a friend of the Quick Snaps family. He's Love been on our Sebastian, show. Big fan. Big Sebastian fan. Maniscalco. Check out um, his show, uh, Pete and Sebastian, on uh, you know wherever you get your podcast. I put Glenn ahead of Sebastian Maniscalco on the Quick Snaps uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's talking him off the ledge. On the uh, on the Mount Rushmore of Quick Steps, <laughs> there's no Sebastian Maniscalco there. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> you can't just dip your toe in and get on Mount Rushmore. I th- I think you're right. It's um, I think it's the nature of the business side that because when when a comic pops, there is such a forceful head of steam in terms of financial implications that it's impossible not to not not to have flies drawn to that it's just like when a comic is really blowing up it's that moves eyeballs and money to everyone involved and so it's impossible not to try to keep that ball in the air and keep your eye on that ball because you know trying to figure out a way to turn Mike Kaplan into a star is a pain in the ass. And do you get pot committed at some point? I mean, you you can't... I mean, Chris Rock is going to make money. It doesn't matter if the thing is particularly fantastic this time. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not even... I'm not necessarily talking about Chris Rock in this instance, but, um, yeah. Right. But but that's the answer. I mean, it it applies to all the lesser versions of the same dynamic of... Whoever is blowing up, whether they're good or not, blowing up is a, a tremendously powerful force in the business side of the universe. It's it can't be stopped when it's it's a juggernaut for a while, and you can pitch shows and sign deals and you know the social media advertising and it's just there's this crazy force, and and helping to build a, a thing from nothing into a force is a giant pain in the ass and usually doesn't work. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're taking risks all the time, no matter what side of the coin you're on. But I don't think there's enough risks being taken. I agree. You're right again. Because, I mean, I don't know. Isn't it much more rewarding to be right about somebody that no one else is seeing and then that person becomes the guy... Of many guys. That's rewarding in your heart, but you can't, you know, you're not buying a house in France (laughs) the way you are if you are, if you just pick up the thing that's already on fire. (laughs) So everybody's just trying to pick up the fire. Yeah, of course. That's why unknown comics can't get agents and managers, which is what they need to become known comics. 
It's the classic catch-22 of, well, especially of show business, but arguably all of humanity. Is It's hard to become a thing without the help that you need to get to be the thing. But, you know, 15% of what I make is not worth picking up the phone. You know, like I understand both sides of this conversation. You know, 15% of what Chris Rock makes will make you a zillionaire. <laughs> These aren't the same numbers. I get it. I hear you. <laughs> um, well, this is a good conversation. We, we, the only the only bad thing is we agreed about everything. We got to go back to Taysom Hill, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Better not besmirch the good man's name. <laughs> He's done. done. When, you know when you're. You, he's, you know when your team signs Jameis Winston and it finishes your career that you aren't really up to prime time. That's all I'm saying. He's just getting started, man. <laughs> I don't. I'm not against him as a person. I'm saying, I'm saying, benching Drew Brees to play him is a ridiculous strategy. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He seems lovely. He's clearly a fantastic athlete. <laughs> By the way, I listened to this first argument in the promo. It happened to come in, pop up on memories at some point in the last couple of months. It's beautifully, it's a beautiful, hilarious conversation. And you edited it perfectly for the promo. And nobody watched it or liked it. It was, what is, what is it about if something feels like you're promoting something, even if it's not for money? Like when I promote here, for instance, 50 Toasts. Nobody responds or likes those posts because it feels promoting. I'm not making any money on those. I'm not promoting it for some grand scheme where I'm sticking it to the man. (laughs) People hate promotions. Well, Facebook feels like it's just a few years away from Drew Brees right now. Is that the tail end of its career? You think so? Lord willing. (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm on it less and less. I get it. I just think it's such a monolithic giant beast that doesn't have a clear replacement. I don't I don't think it goes away. I think it, it the younger people find other places to do stuff, but I don't think it ever disappears now. It's a it's such a institution in our lives. So it's eventually great. it'll just be all reverse mortgage and uh, denture advertising. <laughs> pretty close. We're pretty close to that. You think it's old, old people's MySpace? That's what's happening eventually, with it? Eventually it'll just be old people. That might be right. Yeah. There's definitely hipper places to go that are like that. Um, what didn't we cover, man? We Football. Did, we did everything. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk football. <laughs> I'm I'm mad at the NFL for letting Cam Newton fall to the Patriots. Uh, yeah, they should have to. They should have to. They should be out there scrambling and trying to trade for Nick Foles or Andy Dalton or some shit. Ugh. They just Ugh. they just signed Cam Newton for the league minimum. That's not fair. It's a stupid league. I guess everybody's given up on him, and, and that's what I mean. It's going to be one of the biggest stories of the potential season. Is that- if he's not hurt, I mean, it's the craziest bargain in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Being handed to Bill Belichick again. Yeah, the veterans minimum, so they're not risking any money. They risk nothing. In fact, I read something today. The way the con- it's this super incentive laden thing. Yeah, and the watch. way the contract is written. If they love Jared Stidham in the preseason, they could cut him before the season even starts and be right? fine. Wow! Yeah, I mean it's total—it's the most team-friendly contract ever. Right. So assuming he does make the team, and he's the starter, you know, it'd be good to see. Does he still have it? Because the league is saying no. The Patriots are saying, li- "Why not roll the dice?" But part, yes, but part, and the league might be right, but part of the reason that the league said we don't, we know, know or we don't know is because of COVID-19. They can't bring him in and really check him out, which is the reason that he fell into this sort of Todd Gurley-esque 
quandary where no one knew if it was worth the risk. Dude, your it's team is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, if Todd Gurley's healthy, that's fucking that's a great signing too. Um, it's the same thing. I think. Ugh. Can't we collectively, the other 31 teams, try to not hand them every fucking advantage? <laughs> but what if they're right? What if they're right, though? That's what I'm saying. The Patriots, are, they're always right. Of course. They're good at this stuff. How can they always be right? They're good. They're right. They, they make decisions that are good over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they, they don't care about loyalty and... They'll let Tom Brady walk, and they'll sign Cam Newton for pennies, and he'll be better than Brady was going to be this year, and they'll be this giant fucking success story again. You can just see it coming. It might not happen, but they certainly set up a situation where they could be great again. They certainly made decisions to put themselves in a spot like that. And they have all the money to spend on all the other positions. That they're not spending thirty million on Tom Brady, thirty-five, whatever it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think you're right. I think I think you're right that this is a bargain and it is a steal, and hopefully Cam does perform at a crazy level. And I'd also like to see how much the Patriots play games with those incentives. <laughs> I don't think they're cheap. They're just trying to use the salary cap to win the games. But they'll pay, they're will they not going to bench him because he's going to owe him another million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're so good at this. They made Matt Castle look good at being a quarterback. So they could probably win with Stidham, right? I mean, they made so Brady they have, look good. System quarterback. Uh, system quarterback. Uh, that that's the most fun story, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Are they going to be the uh, unstoppable force that some people think? I don't think they're going to be. I think they're going to be fine and a great storyline, but I don't think they're going to be. They're not going to beat the Falcons. They might, man. They got some weapons <laughs> on offense. <laughs> they certainly have all the weapons, yeah, although they're weapons. aging weapons. A couple of those weapons are past their prime. Hopefully they'll all uh, get exhausted by Gronk taking them to the strip clubs and shit. But <laughs> Brady to Gronk in pewter. What a fucking scene. Gross. What is happening? Yeah, oh, those man. uniforms are gross. I think uh, our buddy Eddie Barry had a pretty good tweet about uh, Cam Newton joining the Patriots. What was that? He wrote, makes perfect sense. We know that Bilicek loves Cam's. <laughs> Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't mention that. They were fined this week. This a week? Million, a one, 1.1 million. For what? And they lose their third round draft pick, and they're not allowed to film anything this year. For what? <laughs> That's their pun. For Bengal. Oh, Bengal the, this spy is that. Gate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what was the punishment they, again? It's a, it's a little over a million dollar fine. Uh, it's... They lose their third-round draft pick. They can't film anything like that this year, and they fired the guy, which, of course, they he did what they told him to do, and but it looks bad, so they have to fire him so, like he's the problem. So if I'm hearing you right, sounds like a risk worth taking. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know how much information you're really gleaning from that kind of thing, but they clearly are pressing the limits of fairness at every turn. Yeah. They're good and they cheat. And they've also had the luckiest streak of the best quarterback of all time, the best tight end of all time, the best coach of all time. You know, all the same decade. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And the worst division foes of all time. Over that decade and a half, the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins were atrocious. The best team from any of those three was led by Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Remember that year and a half where that was the thing? Or the Bills uh, last year, man. The Bills are going to be fun. I think the Bills are m- one of the most fun teams to root for going forward. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Josh yeah, Allen, is he the real deal? Josh Allen being a thing would be awesome. Picking up uh, Jarvis Landry, my man. That's a tough team. They're going to win that division. 
Wait a minute. Jarvis Landry is a Bill? He's a Bill. No. Yeah. No. You're, no, you're thinking no, of... No, Stefan um, Diggs. Sorry. Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. That's right. My that's bad. Right. My bad. Jared Allen was a surprise answer to a bonus question on Fantasy Throwback. He was one of the biggest fantasy point totals from last season. Did you say Jared Allen? I did, because I'm dumb. Josh Allen. Jared Allen is the the big Vikings linebacker, dude. Yeah, it'd be impressive if he was leading the league in some stat last year (laughs) without playing. (laughs) Saying dumb things to women? He could lead that. He, he seems like the guy kind of guy who would lead in that. Those stats roll over to when the career's over. Yeah. <laughs> no, Josh Josh Allen quietly had a crazy good fantasy year last he year. He did. I yeah. didn't even know that. I was busting my friend's balls for taking him in fantasy, but he was he obviously was right. Yeah. I think this is the year you wait on quarterback until next year Everybody, when there's a real draft. Every, that's every year now. It's every year. <laughs> It's not every year, especially in our league, because there's so many points. The quarterback gets six points for a, a passing touchdown. And there's 16 goddamn teams, so you could run the risk of only having one quarterback. It, it's terrifying when you to get down to that, like, you know, third tier of quarterback. You're like, this is my guy for a whole year? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now you can get Jameis on the cheap. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pray for Pray for a Drew, Drew Brees uh, injury, which, as a Falcons fan, quietly do <laughs> <laughs> for the last 20 years, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, just being honest. You know, it's nothing personal. <laughs> uh, good talk, man. I miss you, buddy. Yeah, I miss you, too. It was good, uh, good chat uh, with you. I don't talk to anybody anymore these days. <laughs> I know, me neither. I, I do 50 toasts, and that's it. I know. Uh, hey, that's a good segue to the plug. So this week we're doing Wednesday Fantasy Throwback, Thursday uh, 50 toasts, and this is the last week and of that, and then we're morphing into an all-Wednesday lineup. So oh. the, first, the first Wednesday of every month will be Fantasy Throwback, the world's uh, great fantasy football game show, the only game show that asks people to predict some shit that already happened. Uh, and then the other Wednesdays will be 50 toast. So it'll be an all Wednesday lineup, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. Wait, you're going back going to fun. back, same night? No, we're going to do one per night, but it's going to be fantasy throwbacks going to be once a month. Oh. Uh, so it's all Wednesday. Got it. That we're makes kind sense. of consolidating. We're, we're shrinking down the amount of content and making it all Wednesdays. I like it. I like it. So you're the hardest working man in showbiz on Wednesdays. <laughs> what are you, my subconscious? I'm trying to... <laughs> no, I see you out there hustling, man. I'm not taking anything. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some hustling. I I'm doing. I'm, I got to get up tomorrow at 4.50 and call Bob and Tom. Yikes. No, still doing all that stuff. Oh, somebody told me that they heard you being discussed on a radio show, and it was in reference to uh, your association with Bob and Tom's, because I think this this show, like, make goofs on them. And they're talking about you, huh. like, talking about you on Radio Row. I got this secondhand, so I don't even know how it went. Um, <laughs> I think it was either Preston and Steve or Free Beer and Hot Wings forget which one it was oh somebody that sees me wandering around on super bowl weekends yeah 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 something like that <laughs> that's funny i'm i'm so bad at, the, at some of the hustle part but that week i always like i i always go to the highest end of the range that i have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i run around and hand out cards and ask them twice and check in with everybody i don't think it's going to happen this year that whole scene it, yeah, if we knew it, we knew now it wouldn't have happened this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Boy, that NFL got lucky with the timing, man. They got their big, beautiful championship game with their new stars and and had some time in the offseason to figure it all out. That's true. These, these other sports really got screwed with the timing. <laughs> no, who misses baseball, though? <laughs> I not me, but I have friends who are belly aching like, oh, it's a summer with no baseball. Like, I get it. Yeah, everyone has their thing. Yeah. All right, I'll try to be 
more empathetic to baseball fans. <laughs> it's my pledge to you. All right. I, I, don't, I don't care. Throw baseball under the bus. I, I would, <laughs> if I never saw a baseball game again, it would be fine. <laughs> I like sitting outside eating a hot dog with my friends. If there's baseball, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about baseball as I do golf. I like all the trappings of golf, but not the golf part. Yeah, that part sucks. Trash talking your friends and riding around in a cart with a bunch of beers in the sunshine. That's great. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> just do bumper cars. <laughs> That's more fun drunk anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, All I right, miss you, man. man. Let's, do, let's do this uh, sooner than a month and a half or whatever it's been. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less available. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, me too. Let me check my schedule. Oh, same shit I did the past five days? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Me too, man. All right. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. This was was a pleasure to talk to you, man. We'll... uh, We'll talk to you more often going forward, whether there's football or not. We'll we'll figure it all out. All right, buddy. Go NFL. (laughs) See you guys.